0: Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. I'm glad you guys are here with us today. I've got Christian, our UMMC PhD student with me today, and he's calling from Biloxi, Mississippi. For the next two podcasts, we will be getting into some of the most experiential parts of the Bible, and that's Romans 7 and Romans 8. I found a story actually in the Gospel of Mark that perfectly portrays Romans 7, and it's in chapter 14. Let me read the verses. This is verses 29 through 31. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Now we're going to read 66 through 72. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. What an account. While we may not be betraying the Lord directly, I believe every Christian in the world can relate to this story. We get saved. We were touched by the Lord's sacrifice for us. We make a vow, sometimes in tears, that, Lord, my life is for you. I want to serve you. Your word says I shouldn't lie. So from here on out, I'm not going to lie. And before we can even get to the parking lot, we've already lied three times. Why does this happen? Why can't we break free? We are safe, but why does it seem like we keep on doing what we know we shouldn't? This is the situation that Paul portrays in Romans 7, and this is what we will be getting into today. Christian, why don't you go ahead and start us off in Romans 7 and talk about your experience of Romans 7
1: maybe I'll start with the verses with a uh, kind of with Paul's experience. So he, he was a good guy. He, he was a Pharisee and he admits like, you know, he followed the law to a T except he reveals here in Romans seven at the beginning that there's one law he couldn't fulfill, which was coveting. He couldn't not covet. <laughs> and, and the law says, do not covet. Right. And something kind of unique about this one of, is the last of the Ten Commandments, I think. It's that the, the commandments leading up to it, they're all outward. You know, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't lie. These are all kind of outward things. But coveting, it's an, it's an inward thing, right? You want something that's not yours. That you want something that you can't have, that you shouldn't have, basically. So Paul, through the law, he realized, right, oh, man, I there's something I, I can't actually do. So now for, like, my own experience, yeah, it resonates a lot with me when you say, say, like, either at the beginning of your Christian life or, for me, it was kind of later on after being saved. Um, when I was a little bit older, I was 22, And I had kind of a significant experience of the Lord that really made God very real to me. And so I wanted to be a more serious Christian. And so I tried to do all the outward things, right? Uh, I tried to start going to all the meetings. I tried to do what you're supposed to do in those meetings, you know, like pray in a prayer meeting or kind of share in in whatever meetings that they had. So that, that was my version of trying to, to be a Christian, and it was really hard for me at that time. I didn't have the, the reality to support the, the Christian life that I was trying to live. Eventually, I, I realized what was lacking is I didn't have the, the supply. I didn't have the supply, the divine supply, the, the very normal divine supply to meet the demand of what's actually a very normal Christian life. Anyway, uh, I don't I don't want to stray too far from Romans seven here. I think this is a great chapter. It's kind of we we were going very positive with Romans six, but now we kind of step back into something kind of more negative with Romans seven. Actually, these four chapters five, six, seven, and eight they kind of form like um kind of like i don't know how to describe it it's like it's paired up so five and six are objective and seven and eight are subjective very experiential so in chapter five it's all about how we're an atom. you know we have this like very native situation we because of adam we're all in adam by our natural birth and as a result we're in a a fallen situation and then in chapter six it's talking about we've been baptized into Christ and then so that's kind of like objectively what happens before and after our salvation but then in chapter seven and eight the experience is in chapter seven of someone who's stuck in their flesh (laughs) living in their flesh and then you get to chapter eight and it's someone who's finally beginning to live in their spirit.
0: I like how you grouped Romans 5 through 8. Romans 5 and 6 are like an anatomy lesson. Our first year medical students are about to start gross anatomy. They are about to learn what all these muscles are called, and that this one attaches to this part of the bone, etc. That's like Romans 5 and 6. It explains that we were in Adam, but now we are in Christ. Our old man has been crucified with Christ. Hallelujah! That's an amazing fact, and one that we have to know. But that's like knowing the anatomy. I know this muscle attaches here. Now it's time to know why. It's time to know the physiology. The reason the muscle attaches here is so that the forearm can rotate. The reason we keep failing as shown in Romans 7 is because there is a law. And by law, I'm not talking about a set of rules of do's and don'ts, but a set of principles. Almost like the law of gravity. And here, let me read some of the verses for today. As always, I encourage all our listeners to read the whole chapter because Paul does a great job painting this picture, this struggle that he is going through. Romans 7, 7 through 8a. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet, if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. 22-23 to 23 and 24. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? When you read the law of God, specifically the Ten Commandments, you read about the Lord's living, how His living actually fulfilled the law. It's so awesome. It's such an amazing living that you want to live it as well. But when you read the verses in Romans 7, it shows that there is something that's blocking us, something warring in us. Do you mind developing this thought, Christian?
1: I just, I like what you said about the law of God and, and it being so attractive to us. Really, that's actually another function of, of the law, right? It, it reveals who God is, it reveals this high standard even a kind of a standard of perfection that's that's really attractive to us but as we've mentioned before the the other function of the law it it exposes how short we are and that interaction comes into play right we see the law of god and that stirs up it says here the law of my mind it says in verse 22 i for i delight in the law of god according to the inner man and he mentions somewhere else that's the the good in my mind so that stirs it up oh i want to do that and then as soon as the law of good in our mind gets activated then there's right there there's law of sin in our flesh right there it just makes us we're just unable to fulfill it every time that's the revelation paul has in this chapter that he's he's writing to us based on probably his own experience and his own dealings with the Lord. And I don't know how he saw this, how he figured, <laughs> figured this out, but he realized that there's these, these laws, these natural laws operating in us. There's the, the law of good in us, which is trying to fulfill the law of God. And then there's a the law of sin in us, which uh, causes us to fail every time. And that's where we're left at in Romans 7, at the end of Romans 7 kind of a very not-so-great situation. (laughs) Well, Well, almost at the end of Romans 7. It gets a little bit positive near the end.
0: Wow, I loved how you described it, Christian. It's not a battle of effort. It's a battle of laws. For example, every time you try in yourself to defy the law of gravity, you lose, right? Let's say you read in the Bible and it says, hold a book with your outstretched hand. And you think, yes, Lord, I can do it. So you start with a textbook. Soon you realize that's too hard. Then you think, well, it's because the book is too heavy. Let's hold a children's book. Then you realize you failed again. Then you say, well, I'll just hold my hand out and maybe you will last a little longer. But soon you realize you can't even hold your own hand out without gravity winning. That's what Paul is saying here. He delights in the law of God, but every time he tries to fulfill it, There's another law that's always there to defeat him. In Romans 8-2, Paul calls it the law of sin and of death. And this caused Paul to cry out in verse 24, Wretched man that I am! I can't do it! How can I live the Christian life that the Lord lived? Thank God the Bible doesn't stop in Romans 7. There's Romans
1: 8. So, I mean, we we were left in chapter 7. We've got the law of good in our mind. We've got the law of sin in our flesh, and that was it. But then, as believers, there's a third law operating in us, the, which is the law of the spirit of life, which is in our spirit. And we, we've mentioned this before, right? The three parts of man: our, our spirit, our soul, and our body. Well, this is the way, right? It, it's in the spirit, and it's by life that we can overcome. And again, it's it's kind of mysterious. It's not trying to do better. I don't know if it's the best example, but one example I've heard is in order to overcome the law of gravity, the only thing we have right now is the law of aerodynamics. And actually, as a human being, I cannot become aerodynamic. <laughs> but there's a, there's a big plane that's aerodynamic with big turbines. And for me to enjoy the law of aerodynamics, all I have to do is sit in the airplane, I don't have to do anything. But I have to get into that airplane and, in a sense, acknowledge that I'm there, something like that. So hopefully, uh, next time we can get more into this, this matter of the law, the spirit of life, and we can really fellowship on Some really practical ways, like how do we begin to experience this? Maybe some of our own experiences of really touching on this. Living not according to our flesh, but according to the Spirit.
0: Yes, Christian. Let me read Romans 8-2 and then wrap it up. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and of death. I really liked your picture, We can't defeat the law of gravity, no matter how hard we try. But there is another law, the law of aerodynamics. In principle, it will beat the law of gravity every time. Well, how do we defeat the law of sin and death? Romans 8.2 calls it the law of the spirit of life. This law frees us. It causes us to conquer this law of sin and death. This law supplies us to be able to live the same life that the Lord Jesus lived. Isn't that awesome? But where is this law? How do you activate this law? This is what we will be getting into next week, so you don't want to miss it. Welcome back to school, everyone. Due to COVID and UMMC restrictions, we will have to delay when we all get back together in a large group. But I'd love to come on campus to fellowship with you guys in smaller groups this coming week. So if you're free and needing some encouragement and fellowship, please feel free to contact us on our Facebook page at Christians at UMMC. Again, if you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. I'm praying for you all, that you all would have a real solid experience of the law of the spirit of
2: life this week.
0: Have a wonderful week!
2: like a slave I struggled in day, But I received he is freedom when Jesus comes. Torments, freedom from care with all of its pain. Freedom in Christ, my blessed Redeemer, He who has rent my fetters in slain. the glorious emancipation